Hello and welcome to the Money, Mind, and Meaning podcast. Uh, It's me, your host, Dr. Daniel Crosby. Uh, We're here today to talk about do's and don'ts for volatile markets. Uh, So it was said earlier this year that this was one of the most volatile markets of all time, that this year had uh, we had seen more volatility than at any time in history. Uh, And that kind of remark uh, shows a real absence of historical context, actually, uh, because by historical norms, this year hasn't been much to write home about, frankly. I'm recording this in mid-May. Uh, it'll be released likely in late June or early July, so we'll see if I see if I look like a genius or an idiot by that time. But uh, I want to talk about, with the benefit of you know 100 plus years of market history, some do's and don'ts that have served and served investors very well uh, over that time. So the first of these is to do exhibit patience. From 1926 to 1997. The worst market outcome at any single year was really scary. Been a been a loss of 43.3% in a single year. But consider how time and how patience changes that equation. So the worst return of any rolling 25-year period was 5.9% annualized. It's pretty good. Pretty good when you consider how many recessions and depressions we had. Uh, over that very, very lengthy time, that the the worst of any rolling 25-year period was uh, right around 6%. Not too terrible when we benchmark this against the right time horizon. We need to take it from the rolling stones. Time is on your side. Yes, it is. So the second recommendation is to do nothing. In his book, What Investors Really Want?, uh, behavioral economist Mir Statman cites research from Sweden showing that the heaviest traders, the most active traders, lose 4% of their account value each year on average. Now, how they brag about this uh, on Twitter is a different story, but that's a, that's a different podcast. So across 19 major stock exchanges, 19 major stock exchanges we looked at, investors who made frequent changes trailed buy and hold investors by 1.5% a year, which may not sound like a ton, but compound compound the 1.5% difference over a 30 or 40 year investment time horizon, and it's absolutely substantial. So you may want to get more active in the new year. You know, your your goal for 2018 or 2019 uh, may be to get active, but make sure that this doesn't generalize to the stock market Uh, because 19 different countries say it's a bad idea. The next suggestion is don't time the market. So Ben Carlson, you probably know him, has really great content, wrote a great book called A Wealth of Common Sense, uh, where he cites, quote, a study performed by the Federal Reserve looked at mutual fund inflows and outflows over nearly 30 years from 1984 to 2012. Predictably, they found that most investors poured money into the markets after large gains and pulled money out after sustaining losses. A buy high, sell low debacle of a strategy. End quote. So everyone knows to buy low and sell high. It's the first thing anyone could tell you that, right? That's what you do in the stock market. You buy low and sell high. But the research suggests that no one does it. The research suggests that even the pros don't do it. 
that the same sort of buying high and selling low that I just described in a retail sort of mom and pop investor context, uh, research also shows that pros do it. So do you really think that you're going to be the one who's going to get this right? Uh, I would suggest to you that you're probably not the one. So the next suggestion is don't run for your bunker just yet. Since 1928, the U.S. economy has been in recession about 20% of the time. You heard that right. The U.S. economy has been in recession about 20% of the time. And despite this, has still managed to compound wealth at a really dramatic clip. What's more, we have never gone more than 10 years at any time without at least one recession. So we're not currently in a recession, well, at least, at least not in mid-May when I'm recording this, but you can expect 10 to 15 of them in your investment lifetime. This is going to happen to you with great regularity. And the sooner you can reconcile yourself to the inevitability of volatility, of loss over short periods of time, the faster you'll be able to do the right thing and take advantage of all the good that markets do. The next suggestion is do know your history. Because despite what political pundits and TV commentators would have you believe, this is not an unusually scary time to be alive. In fact, I would go so far as to say it's the best time in any time in human history to be alive. Although you'd never know it from watching cable, the economy is growing, and most quality of life statistics crime, drug use, violence, infant mortality, teen pregnancy, all of these things have been headed in the right direction for years. In fact, I uh, did a study recently, or shared a study recently rather, uh, that showed that back-breaking sort of dollar-a-day, two-dollar-a-day type poverty uh, had dropped 80% in my short lifetime in less than 40 years worldwide. It's the best time ever, the best time in human history to be alive. But despite this, people fret, and markets always have and always will climb a wall of worry, rewarding those who stay the course and punishing those who succumb to fear. So the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, expressed this beautifully when he said, quote, In the 20th century, the United States endured, endured two world wars and other traumatic and expensive military conflicts, the Depression, a dozen or so recessions and financial panics, oil shocks, a flu epidemic, and the resignation of a disgraced president. Yet the Dow rose from 66 to 11,497. Such as it ever been, thus will it ever be. The next suggestion is do take responsibility. So quick pop quiz for you. Which of the following do you think is most predictive of financial performance? Is it A, market timing, B, investment returns, or C, your individual behavior? Well, if you ask most any man or woman on the street, they're likely to tell you that timing and returns are the biggest drivers of financial performance, but the research tells another story. In fact, the research says that you, yes, you, are both the best friend and worst enemy of your own portfolio. So various measures of the behavior gap have shown that people lose anywhere from about 50% to 20% of their potential returns uh, in any given sort of average year because of poor decisions. 
What happens in world financial markets in the coming years is absolutely 100% out of your control. And it's scary. But your ability to follow a plan, diversify across asset classes, manage fees, uh, maintain your composure, these things are all squarely within your power. At times when market moves can feel haphazard, it really helps to remember who is steering the ship. You are in charge and your choices, your choices to do a handful of unsexy things like automate your saving and investing, to work with a professional, to set a little money aside uh, each month and to start early, these sort of simple, unglamorous things are a much better predictor of whether or not you'll cross the finish line than any externalities. The next one is do work with a professional. Odds are that if you chose a financial advisor when you did, you selected her because of her academic pedigree, years of experience, or a sound investment philosophy. Ironically, what you likely overlooked entirely is the largest value she adds, managing your bad behavior, keeping you from making a handful of moronic, idiotic mistakes over your investment lifetime. Studies from sources as diverse as Aon Hewitt, Vanguard, Investnet, Morningstar, all put the value added from working with an advisor at somewhere between 2 to 3% per year. And they also all suggest that this is sort of lumpy, that there will be times when an advisor candidly isn't doing you much good because markets are uh, bullish, things are easy breezy, and you're not too worried. But they're adding more than 2 to 3% per year when things get ugly. Now you compound that effect, that 2 to 3% over a lifetime, and the power of financial advice quickly becomes evident. Okay? So this, most people think that when they're hiring a financial professional, they are hiring sort of a local junior Warren Buffett, and that's simply not the case. What you need to look for first and foremost is someone who can hold your hand, keep you from hurting yourself, and that's the biggest good that he or she can do. Next, don't lose your sense of history. So the average intra-year drawdown, so the average uh, loss, not realized loss, but the average uh, drawdown within a given 365 days over the past 35 years has been just over 14%. So the market ended the year higher on 27 of those 35 years. We've had a relatively placid couple of years in the markets, and it's lulled investors into a false sense of security. But nothing, nothing we've experienced this year is out of the ordinary by any historical measures of volatility. In fact, we're not even close. We're not even close to average as it sits today. So don't get fooled. Markets uh, are volatile. On average, 14% dip every year, like clockwork, for each of the last 35 years. Don't forget and don't lose your sense of history. Next, don't equate risk with volatility. Repeat after me, volatility does not equal risk. Risk is the likelihood that you won't have the money you need at the time you need it to live the life that you want to live. It's nothing more and nothing less. Paper losses aren't risk and neither are the gyrations of a volatile market. So get your head around the real definition of risk and manage your money accordingly. Next, don't focus on the minute to minute. So despite the enormous wealth creating power of capital markets over long periods of time, looking at it too closely can candidly be terrifying. 
So a daily look at portfolio values means that you see a loss 47% of the time, whereas looking only once a year shows a loss a mere 28% of the time. And it goes on from there. If you only looked every 10 years, you'd, you'd scarcely ever see a loss. I think only one rolling 10-year period in history uh, would, have, would have landed you with a loss. So limited poking around, limited looking, leads to increased feelings of security and improved decision-making. So do what I do. When your statement comes, rip it up, throw it in the trash, and keep doing what you're doing. So finally, don't forget how markets work. Don't forget why you're getting paid so nicely, why you've been so paid, paid so nicely for the last eight or nine years. Because do you know why stocks outperform other asset classes by about 5% on a volatility-adjusted basis? Well, because they're scary, that's why. Long-term investors have been handsomely rewarded by equity markets, but those, but those rewards come at the price of bravery during periods of short-term uncertainty. The relationship between risk and reward is real. You can choose peace of mind or a shot at meaningful wealth compounding, but you can't have both. So don't forget why you've been paid so nicely uh, for bearing some of that risk and taking that ride. Uh, they come and go, but over long periods of time, markets work by compensating the brave. That's it for this week. Not sure what the market will be doing uh, when you listen to this. God willing, it will be enormously volatile, so this episode blows up. But I hope you enjoyed this. Share this with someone who is panicking. Share this with someone who's scared and help them gain a little bit of context uh, that may save their financial life. If you're looking for other ways to support the show, you can buy a copy of one of my books, The Behavioral Investor or The Laws of Wealth. Or you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your, get your financial news. Would absolutely appreciate that. And thank you to everyone who's already taken the time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.